to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple of weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses and decide, is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we didn't get into anything really, but we have a special episode. You guys, I don't know if you know this, but it's Sega Genesis. <laughs> for all you pun lovers out there. Yeah, you're welcome for that. Yeah, Sega Genesis. We got the this episode and the next one. Both of our episodes in June are going to be focused on the Sega Genesis or the Mega Drive for our friends over the oceans. I don't even know mm-hmm. where the Mega Drive is. I, I'm guessing it's over an ocean. Everywhere. Everywhere. I think it's everywhere but here. Why did they get a cooler name? I, this is always going to be oh, one man. of the greatest tragedies of retro gra- gaming history. Anyway... Yeah. So today, we're going to kick off Sega Genesis by looking at our top 10 desert island games for the Sega Genesis. What games would we take to a desert island if we happened to get stranded there um, again? Because this is our second time being stranded on a desert island. (laughs) We need to stop getting on airplanes that are flying over islands. Yeah, uh, so I re-listened to our desert island NES games today and i was stuck on the island with uh retron 5 and you were stuck on the island with a solar powered switch nice now i don't (laughs) so i guess if there was a sega genesis collection on switch that only had 10 games on it this would be this would these would be your games yeah let's go with that i mean i'm I'm a big fan of the Switch, you know, just like the rest of the world. All 7 billion plus of us have a Nintendo Switch now, and it's become (laughs) the world's favorite video game console. And so I think it's only fair that I've brought mine with me to the desert island. I thought they have been sold out for like a while now. Yeah, they sold out because everyone's trying to get a second one. You need need the Switch and then the Switch Lite. You need the second one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad I bought mine last summer and then I don't have to worry about finding one these days. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a bummer. All right, so let's, do you just want to get into it? These are going to be in alphabetical order, not in order of goodness, although some of, I, no, they're just going to be in alphabetical order. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know what, Dan? Yeah. You know what? Before we get into the games, I think we could have saved ourselves a huge headache if we would have just brought ourselves a Sega Genesis X-Band modem, and we could have connected to the internet and said, hey, come get us. We're stuck on an island. Uh, I'm how typing this to internet? you through my X-Band modem. Jordan, how would we get to the internet? How do we connect to anybody if we're on a desert island? Okay, Dan, don't come Do we not ha- bring in your logic <laughs> to my... Desert island where I've got 56K internet, all right? Isn't the whole point that we're stranded somewhere? We are stranded, but I had the forethought to bring my Sega Genesis X-Band modem so I could not just have uh, great multiplayer action on my Sega Genesis, but I could also, in case of landing on another desert island, we could connect with the outside world. Jordan, I don't even know what that is. I'm going to be honest. You, you've out you've out-game-knowledged me. It's, it's uh, a... <laughs> It was like a sketchy internet peripheral for the Sega Genesis. Ha- the Sega Genesis had a few of those, like Sega Channel, where you could get video games downloaded to your Sega over uh, your phone line. 
Jordan, I'm proud of you. Like a year ago, you didn't know anything about video games. And now you know more than I do about video games. (laughs) A year ago, I knew about Sega Channel because my friend Jared Ruark had Sega Channel. And we would sit there and wait for it to painfully, slowly download those games so we could play the new Sega game. Man. All right. So what a time to be alive. On this fictional island, apparently we don't have internet. So let's just talk about (laughs) the games. Let's just talk about the games, I guess. Does anybody ever have internet on these theoretical desert island lists? Uh, I don't know. I've can't say <laughs> can't say that I've heard of somebody having internet, but you know, there's always some good stuff in being the first person to do something. Yeah. All right, we we probably should get into the list. Let's do it. All right, go ahead, start us off. Our very first game, alphabetically, of course, but also uh, at the top of my own heart is Captain America and the Avengers, which you may recall we covered back in episode 19 of the podcast. The Avengers! (laughs) Okay, go! (laughs) Yeah, we we love beat-em-ups, and this is uh, one of the good ones on the Genesis. Whoa, Dan, Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't pigeonhole this game into being just a beat 'em up because it's also a shoot 'em up. It's two game styles in one. Oh man, I forgot. <laughs> Before I was, I, I just haven't thought about this game in a while. Um, I just remember we liked it. I didn't listen to the episode, but I just, I remember like, oh, the Genesis version was way better than the Super Nintendo version. Yes. Um, it's a good beat 'em up. You've got the different difficulties, you've got different selectable characters, which kind of, Two of them play similarly, and the other two play differently. Um, Yes, you got Captain America, Hawkeye, Iron Man, and Vision. For some reason, Vision. (laughs) You know what's interesting Uh, about this game, Dan, is that when this game came out, it wouldn't have been that cool because nobody cared about those characters, but it's actually cooler now in 2020 because in the 90s, everybody loved Spider-Man and the X-Men for some reason. But now Iron Man, Cap, and Hawkeye are household names and vision. You got that guy too, I guess. Yeah, it's really interesting that those are household names now and we still haven't gotten like a re-release of the arcade version of this game on like a modern platform. I feel like I don't know what Marvel's doing, but like why haven't we gotten the arcade version? Why haven't we gotten arcade archives, Captain America and the Avengers? Why... Yeah, I mean, there's we need more Marvel games. I think that the Spider-Man PS4 game just shows us that these could be awesome. Take all these superheroes and make them into awesome games. And preferably, or, please, bring it to the Nintendo Switch so the world can play it, you know? <laughs> or we just need a sequel, an arcade sequel to this game that, with, like, Castle Crashers, but, like, Marvel characters. Dang, I, w- I would love that. That would be sweet. That That'd be amazing. All right. Uh, next on the list is is a game that I uh, just recently got into, Castlevania Bloodlines. Dan, would it surprise you to hear that I have never played a Castlevania game until preparing for this episode? Uh, no, because I'm pretty sure when we had the first <laughs> Desert Island episode, you also said, I've never played a Castlevania game. Still so I true. figured you hadn't. Yeah, I figured you hadn't played one since then. So, no, it wouldn't surprise me, Jordan, but you played it. I I played some of the first level until I got to the part where you had to jump <laughs> over a pit of water and I died every time. What? 
I there. That's how you die. I went down into the, the basement <laughs> and I had to jump over the water and it, the controls were a little clunky. I don't think it was my mm. fault. I'm an excellent platformer. Oh <laughs> man! If the controls in this game are clunky, Jordan, then maybe you should just never play another Castlevania game <laughs> because. <laughs> Because part of the reason that I put this game on this list was like, um, it's like a faster, slightly easier version of Castlevania one and three. Oh no. I felt like it was less clunky. I felt like it was, it was actually more fun than those games. Cause you've got like, you've got your standard Castlevania power-ups and then you've got like level two and three versions of power-ups. So you might have uh, one projectile, but the powered up version, which costs more gems, I think it is, is like shoots like four projectiles or something. And so I don't know. It's just a pretty looking, um, better <laughs> version of Castlevania than. Uh, well, and granted, there's a caveat there. I haven't beaten this game. I want to spend more time with it. I haven't spent enough time with it. But initial first impression, really positive. If I got to pick Genesis games, I'm taking this one because I don't think there are any other Castlevania games on Genesis. So, Dan, you know where you'd have lots of time to spend with Castlevania? Um, on a desert island. <laughs> okay. It's a good game. If you know, if you're like, I'm, I'm making a list of games I'm going to be stranded on an island with, you might as well pick one that you haven't beaten yet that you want to play more of. Or, or you could pick one that you have played but you'll still never beat on a desert island with plenty of time. <laughs> Are you leading us into our next game here, Dan? Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> our next game is Contra Hardcore. And uh, I have a question, Dan. Yeah. Um, bringing this game to the desert island, are we also bringing a game genie or a retron loaded up with cheats? Or are we planning on never seeing the second level of this game? Uh, no, I think we're going to play single player and we're just going to alternate as Brownie, the robot who has a double jump. (laughs) And he's short enough to be underneath like most of the standing up guys shots. (laughs) Man, I, uh, I played a little bit of Contra Hardcore, uh, a few days ago and that game is hard. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's ridiculously hard. I, went back I don't even and, think I made it through halfway through the first level. I, granted, I only played it for a few minutes, but I was just like, man, why? Why? Why is this so hard? Yeah. But I, nonetheless, it's still a fun game. I went back and listened to a little bit of that episode, um, which if you're wondering, for anybody who wants to check it out, episode 29, we covered Contra Hardcore. I went back and listened, and even though like in that day when we spent a lot of time playing that game, we only got past the first level one time without losing all of our lives. And the furthest we made it in the game without having to use infinite continues was the third level. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a difficult game. Definitely one that you could spend a lot of time, you know, uh, perfecting on a desert island. Mm-hmm. That game is the definition of Contra hard. You know what I like about it, though? It takes Contra, like the the formula that everybody knows and loves, and it injects it like with this wackiness and this cartooniness. Like you can be a werewolf or a robot. And it's got like these giant robots and like it's super like even the intro, you come flying in on like a van and you're running over robots. And it's it's sweet. Like it it takes Contra and it just injects it with this like crazy wackiness of the 90s. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, you can't, yeah, you, you can't just you just take your genocide Vulcan and you just blow stuff up. 
genocide Vulcan. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. We we liked we liked a lot about that game. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, our next game, a lot like Contra, Gunstar Heroes. Yeah, this was my first time. Like I've I've heard the name, but this was my first time uh, playing a little bit of Gunstar Heroes and. I liked it. I mean, I it's it does feel similar to Contra, but um, mm-hmm. I was able to get through levels, so that was nice. Yeah, one of the points that I have written down for Gunstar Heroes is it, is it feels like a slightly easier version of Contra. Yeah, um, you've got interesting weapons, and like you can combine the weapons by like picking up multiple weapons, and yeah, um, it's definitely different than Contra. I haven't played a ton of it. Uh, I'm interested in it because everybody who has like a Genesis list. Like puts Gunstar Heroes on it, and so I'm like, all right, well, I guess I have to play Gunstar Heroes. And of the all the games, I mean, I've been playing a lot of Genesis games lately, and um, of all the ones that I played, this one managed to keep itself on this list. So I think it, I think it is probably one of the better games on the console. I liked the controls a lot. It was very fluid. It felt really good to be able to like grab onto ledges and walls, and it made you feel like it made you feel powerful, like even against the bosses you have like these gigantic health bars. Uh, I just mm-hmm. like felt really powerful and the game made me feel good. <laughs> I would definitely be interested in playing this game with you and potentially yeah. covering this on a future episode and digging more into this game. Yeah. I'd love to actually beat this game and really dig into it. I just, I haven't been able to yet. So maybe at some point in the future we'll do that. Yeah. Another really cool thing before we move on in this game that I thought was was nice was that you have the option to choose which level you want to play, kind of similar to like Mega Man, where you didn't mm-hmm. have to go through it in a linear way. So even when I wasn't able to beat the first level, I was able to see uh, the first four levels because I could just jump into any of them and play them right away. And I thought that mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah. Speaking of Mega Man, Speaking our next game. Mega Man, well, <laughs> I did not set that up. That was not a planned segue. <laughs> I didn't even know what came next alphabetically. Mega Man. All right. Yeah. Mega Man The Wily Wars. Uh, This game is kind of cheating slightly for a Genesis games list because this game was never actually officially released in North America on the Genesis. This is a Mega Drive game. Oh. So, uh, but it's, it still counts. I don't know about that, man. It's, it's on the Genesis mini. All right. Well, and they, uh, they custom made Genesis box art for it. So it's, I'm calling it officially a a genesis game now you know what uh i don't get mega man i just don't get it i'm bad at it um i feel like i don't know i could be wrong but i feel like it's actually easier than the nes games that could be true i actually was able to make it through like chunks of levels which is not normally the case for me in mega man (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. I didn't dig into it officially, uh, but for anybody who doesn't know what this game is, it's actually Mega Man One, Two, and Three on the Genesis, and you can just choose if you want to play Mega Man One, Mega Man Two, or Mega Man Three. Uh, it's not like all the robots thrown into one; they keep all the mechanics intact. But I think it was like just a really nice way to pretty up the first three Mega Man games and bring them to the Genesis. Uh, Mega Man is a legendary franchise. It's one of the best retro franchises. In and your so opinion. I, which you're entitled in, in to. Mo- in most people's opinions. Um, <laughs> and it's a franchise that like I I like coming back to 
over and over and over again. Um, kind of like Castlevania where it's just like, I'm always going to come back to this at some point. And so I would love to have Mega Man for the rest of my life on my desert island list. Oh, well, this one is one that is purely for you because I will not be playing much Mega Man. Why can't he only shoot left and right, Dan? Why can't he shoot up or down or diagonally? That's a different... Um, that's that's It's fine. Who builds a robot that way? Who does Jordan, that? Jordan. I'm just... You asked... Okay, so when we... On the Desert Island NES episode, you were like, why doesn't Dr. Light just like put all the powers into Mega Man to like make him fight all these robots or whatever? Yep. That's a good question and too. I, and my response was, I don't know. I don't think he was built for fighting. <laughs> I just, I don't get Mega Man. I'm so sorry to all the Mega Man fans, but for anyone else out there who doesn't get Mega it's Man. It's good. Jordan, when you eventually get good at video games, you probably get into Mega Man. When Mega Man gets fun, I'll get into Mega Man. How about that, Dan? All right, Jordan. So when are we playing Mega Man? Oh, please never. Super fighting robots. Mega Man. What is that? <laughs> Maybe you just need to watch you just need to watch the cartoon, Jordan. Oh, I see. I would be <laughs> way more into watching the cartoon of Mega Man than playing the Mega Man. All you really need is the cutscenes from Mega Man 8. I, this is this has come up multiple times, and I don't understand the reference. What's up with the cutscenes in Mega Man Eight? Some of the literal worst voice acting you'll ever hear in your entire life. That that actually makes me like it's, a game more, which is it's incredible. Part of the reason why I love Captain America and the Avengers so much is because the voice acting and the translation is just so bad. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, maybe man. Maybe we should just cover Mega Man 8 on the show at some point, just so we can just go on that ride together. Mega Man 8 doesn't sound like a retro game because it sounds like something that would have come out in like 2011, but I know that there was like 43 Mega Man games on the NES alone, so I'm guessing that it's a... No, it was actually a PS1 and a Sega Saturn game, Oh, I think. So it is it is a retro game, unfortunately for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, the good thing is we're trapped on a desert island now, and we'll never have to play it because we didn't bring it with us. <laughs> All right, it's time to move on. Uh, the next game on the list is NBA Jam Tournament Edition. NBA Jam Tournament Edition, which you may remember from episode 22. Yeah, uh, this game, so not only is it just the classic NBA Jam you know and love, but Tournament Edition added a bunch of weird options so you can get like a bunch of craziness in your games when you get bored with regular NBA Jam. Yep. Sometimes you got to just have full court dunks and like spots on the court that you can make like, I don't know, six point shots from. It's great. That's what basketball is missing out on today. Other than, you know, existing because of worldwide (laughs) pandemic. But when it comes back, they should really consider adding flashing spots on the ground that if you stand on them and you score, you get six points instead of two or three. And I think that is what would finally make basketball um, a game that people love, you know? I think a lot of people love basketball, but you saying that reminds me, I was just listening to a podcast where somebody had a solution to fix miniature golf. (laughs) Wait, I didn't know that miniature golf was broken. Yeah, their theory was to make the holes twice as big and miniature golf would be way more fun. 
I've never, I mean, like, I'm not a golfer or a golfist. I think it's a golfist. I'm not a golfist. Um, <laughs> no, it's definitely a golfer. I don't know. I think we're going to have to disagree on that one. But I've never had a problem putting the the golf ball into the, the cup. I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway. I kind of agreed. I think it would be more fun to have bigger bigger holes in miniature golf. See, but... miniature golf is your mega man, I guess. You just need to get good. I'm pretty good at miniature golf once I get warmed up. Once you get warmed up? I didn't realize that. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. I only play every, like, two years, and I think the last time I played miniature golf was with you. Wow. Might have been. I don't know. Maybe. It's been a long time. Anyway, Anyways, NBA, NBA Jam. Jam. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a basketball fan, and you've probably, if you've heard our basketball game episodes, NBA Jam, uh, Space Jam, all of the Jam games, Peanut Butter and Jam. <laughs> if, you, if you've heard those episodes, you know I'm not a, a big basketball fan, but I do like this game, and I think it's a good Desert Island game because it's a great game to have with a companion. Now, if, I, I don't it's know a, about yep. playing this game by myself, but even if you're good and your partner is terrible this game is a has the great equalizer which is rubber banding hardcore rubber banding and the the tournament edition allows you to fine-tune that even more so uh, i'm a big fan of this game because you got to have some sort of sports game on the island to remind you of life back at home i totally forgot that this game had as much rubber banding as it does oh it's got a ton i'm having a little ptsd now are you regretting bringing this game no, I'm just regretting the way that this game was really, really <laughs> mean when I was crushing you. <laughs> oh, okay. See, and now wasn't I'm, there like a thirty point I'm... swing or like a twenty something point swing in this one? Yeah, when we played it. It's yeah. This game definitely is very generous in helping players who are terrible, i.e., myself, compete with people who actually know what they're doing, i.e., Dan. It's like if Mario Kart, you know, the, the infinite mushroom or whatever, the golden mushroom. It's it's like if they gave you that with blue shells instead of mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> from last place. NBA Jam. It's still a great game, uh, especially with a friend. Yes. And in the tournament edition, you can turn off that stuff. So there you go. Mm-hmm. All right, Jordan. Uh, the next pick is is yours. Yes. So while we're on the topic of sports games, I think that it would be good for us to bring... Uh, a game that represents the world's greatest sport. Um, you know, NHL. <laughs> California 94. games? <laughs> NHL 94. Uh, it's a it's an iconic game for hockey fans. Mm. And it's an iconic game for a good reason, because it did so many things well and so many things for the first time. So this game yeah. is simple. It's a two-button game. You know, you got pass and shoot if you're on if you're on offense. But it added a whole bunch of stuff that previous hockey games didn't have, like one-timers and checking, even checking people into the bench or uh, breaking the glass. Uh, it, it just had all sorts of stuff. The music in the arena, which was one of our our gripes with NBA Jam, was the same music over and over again. But in NHL '94, you have different music depending on which arena you're playing in. And it's just a classic game. And I love hockey, and you can't tell me what to do because this is my Desert Island list, and I'm picking <laughs> NHL 94, so live with it. Jordan, I think uh, the music in NBA Jam doesn't exist during the game. I think it's just basketball dribbling sounds. <laughs> was that? The, I think that was on the Super Nintendo version, but did the Genesis version have? I don't, I don't remember. remember. Anyways, way, I tried. So, okay. So NHL 94, 
It's legendary. Yeah. For some reason, I tried. I've never really like played NHL '94, and I tried combing the internet today to find out why NHL '94 is as legendary as it is. I can tell you, and I couldn't quite figure out like why this game has the mystique that it has. Let me tell you a tale about NHL 94, Dan. Before right. this game, you had um, some games that had the NHL teams, but not the NHL players. They, they did not have their names in there. Or in the case of 1993, you had the players' names, but you didn't have the team names because that was actually NHL PA 93. It was like the players put out their own game mm. and the team. So this game was the first time where you had the players and the teams in the same game, which was awesome. It also introduced the vertical ice, which is the the format that lives on in most modern uh, hockey games. And then a lot of those things that I talked before, like being able to do one-timers or being able to check. And, uh, you know, it, it had the simplicity of just being a two-button game and it did it really well. And there's a reason that People continuously love this game, and people even take this game and put the modern-day rosters into it today because they love this game so much. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, so I, I get all that stuff. Here's what I want. Here's what I want from listeners. If you love NHL 94, tell me why it's so much better than like NHL 95. Well, I can tell you nobody... that. <laughs> they changed the format in 95. It was like a completely I just need to know, game. I just need to know why this is the one. Because <laughs> I just told you, were you even listening, Dan? Yeah, it 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 did a whole bunch of new cool things, but I just there was I don't also... I literally don't know why it's it's the one versus ninety five or even ninety six. I don't know if ninety six was on Genesis. Because Probably they went was. back to the stupid horizontal ice and they messed with the physics. And the funny thing about ninety four is it's kind of quirky. They programmed it badly and so they, there's this thing when when a big guy checks a little guy normally the big guy should crush them like in most hockey games but they accidentally mm-hmm. inverted that statistic so the little guys just crush the big guys and wow. so it made a lot of like the little skill players who are usually like the big names like uh you know uh steve eiserman or jeremy Roenick, who are examples in this game of little guys who are like skill players who aren't normally big checkers and in this game they would just crush the actual big guys and so people mm. liked that. So that's another big reason why people like this game. Okay. Well, I, I assume that it's as popular as it is for some reason. I just told I don't, you like 30 I don't, reasons. I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't understand. But maybe uh, maybe we'll cover it on the show at some point, Jordan. And I will try to understand this game. You know what's a better hockey game than NHL 94? NHL 95. NHL hits. Oh, dude! Don't even get me started. I know. I just wanted to don't, tempt you. Don't, don't even. I, I literally said something to my wife about NHL hits today, and it was actually connected because <laughs> as I was searching the internet for like a video about why NHL '94 is legendary, please somebody <laughs> make that video, please. Because I just, for those of us who don't know, like, I was like, I'm probably gonna have to make that video for NHL hits because I don't think it exists. Oh, that's a great game. All right, we should probably yeah. move on, though. We've spent a long time <laughs> on this game. All right, the next one is my pick, uh, and it is uh, Sonic and Knuckles. Yes, the story of evil Sonic stealing the Infinity Gems from Super Saiyan Sonic. <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, I um so we really liked Sonic 2, which surprised me cuz I hadn't played Sonic in a while and like coming back to it, I was like, "Oh man, I don't think I love Sonic." And then we actually <laughs> had like a really good time. We did. And then when I was like trying to piece together this list, I played Sonic 3 and I was like, "Okay, yeah." But as soon as I started Sonic and Knuckles, I was like, "Oh yeah." This oh, is yeah. the this one. Is, this is my Sonic. Yeah. This is the one where the nostalgia glasses are in full effect. I had a uh these a Sonic collection on PC of all places <laughs> when I was I think in in middle school. I don't know, around the year 2000, 2001. I had a PC version of this. And so I never had like Sonic and Knuckles like my friend had a Genesis and he had a bunch of games and all yeah. that stuff. And so I would play it at his house, but then I finally had my own copy of Sonic and Knuckles to play at home and I remember like finally working my way through most of it and I was just like, "Oh man, yeah. This is this is the Sonic game for me. You got Knuckles, he can glide. He can climb on walls. Sonic, I think the levels are a little bit different between Sonic and Knuckles. When you say um, Knuckles, you mean evil Sonic, right? The Knuckles the Echidna? Yeah, I so I also did not have a Sega growing up. There was one kid in my neighborhood, Matthew, who had a Sega Genesis. And as I went to look at this game to get prepared for the episode, I realized that this is the game we played at Matthew's. You have that mm. awesome intro scene with the airplane mm-hmm. and Super Saiyan Sonic is flying. And then uh, Knuckles comes in and there's the infinity gems on the ground. And yeah, it all came came right back to me. <laughs> this is the game that I played at Matthew's house. The infinity gems. What are those? What's what, up with the... What are they called, Jordan? What I, are they called? I have no idea. Fake fan. Fake fan. I'm not those a fan. Are the, I'm not a fan. Those are the, <laughs> those are the chaos emeralds, Jordan. Oh, uh, the chaos emeralds, obviously. Definitely yeah. not the infinity gems. Uh, I'm pretty sure Sonic the Hedgehog predates... The 70s? Yep. Sonic was an arcade game from the 60s, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I know some things about video games now. You can't just lie to me and take advantage of my idiocy because I know some things now. I've spent some time on the internet. I've recorded like almost 50 episodes of a video game podcast, Dan. I'm basically what the kids call oh, these days man. a gamer. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I uh, I think... This man, I want to. We got to play Sonic and Knuckles at some point for the show. It's a great game. I think. I think. I, I love the first two levels of Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> oh, uh, it's been a while since I've gotten further than that into it. But again, yes, perfect I, game for you to bring to a Desert <laughs> Island and to find out if you like the rest of the game. You'll have plenty of free, free time. Unfortunately, this won't be on your Sega Genesis collection on your Switch because for some reason, Sega refuses to put this game in collections anymore along with Sonic 3. Probably Super weird omission. Because they're afraid of getting sued by Akira Toriyama and Marvel. <laughs> I think the Chaos Emeralds are in every Sonic game, Jordan. Okay, what about Super Saiyan Sonic? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what happens when you beat all like the special levels in Sonic 1. I thought you were a really big Sonic guy. No, I don't think anybody You went to is. that uh, Sonic uh, cosplay event. Oh, you mean the movie premiere? 
I love, uh, there's this <laughs> meme, and I'm not a big meme guy, but I saw this one that I loved, and it was a sign that somebody had put up in a public place, and it said, Sonic Cosplay Club meeting in the lobby at 3 p.m., and then at the bottom it said, I call Sonic. And then it's like, who, who else are you going to be? <laughs> and it was one of my favorite things I've ever seen. I was like, oh, that's really funny. That's a funny joke. Oh, man. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next game on the list is Streets of Rage 2, not 3. Get oh, out of here. Man. Get out of here. Uh, Streets of Rage 3. Streets of Rage 2. We're bringing it to the desert island. Danny, I need you to explain yeah. this because we've only played one Streets of Rage game on the podcast in episode 14, and we had a notoriously bad time with it. Jordan, I think that Streets of Rage 2 is the reason you've heard of Streets of Rage. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the uh this is the one. This is the <laughs> one. This is this is the one. Uh for the Streets of Rage 4 video, I did go back and play some Streets of Rage 1. It definitely feels like the first entry in a franchise with potential. And then Streets of Rage 2 is kind of where they really sort of nailed it. Uh, the music's good. You got the different characters. It's just all around. I don't know. It's a it's a good game that I really enjoy. Yeah, I, I should correct myself. We have played Streets of Rage 4 also on the podcast. If you go back just a couple episodes, you'll see that as a bonus episode. And as I played a little bit of Street Rage 2, I, I agree with you. There is a lot in this game that comes through even to the modern day Street of Rage 4. It just feels like this is when the, the franchise really hit its stride. You got lots of weapons, which I like in a beat-em-up. You have a lot of things to pick up and a lot of variety uh, with the different enemies and the, and the levels and stuff. So I agree. This, this game is worth checking out, and I think that we may have to check it out more in-depth at some point in the future. Yeah, for sure. As I, I was revisiting the Streets of Rage 3 episode today. Now, we are notoriously hard on the music on Streets of Rage 3. The what? But It has music? The, the, <laughs> that game has music? I thought it just made random, <laughs> awful noises. Yeah, right. Uh, but not only did the music uh, exhaust us thoroughly, the that game hurt our eyes. Yeah. The pixel art in it hurt our eyes is what we said in the episode. And I completely forgot about that. And I think there was a reason uh, I completely forgot about it because my brain just doesn't want to recall anything about that game. <laughs> my my one gripe, if I can call it that, with uh, Streets of Rage 2 is that after playing Captain America and the Avengers and then playing this game, it felt kind of slow. And especially not having like any way to run um, that was mm. like a little bit of a downside, but this game blows Captain America and the Avengers out of the water in the soundtrack and graphics department and just in like the fluid motion. So the speed thing isn't really a, a huge, uh, check against it, I guess. Well, the thing about Streets of Rage 2 is one, you can run if you pick skate. Oh, okay. And two, the characters have different stats. So you've got different speed and power stats and stuff like that. Right. So you get you get a variety based on who you pick, which you don't really get in Captain America. So Streets of Rage 2 is still better than Captain America and the Avengers. Uh, that's hateful, and I'm reporting that comment to MySpace Tom. I wonder, what is Tom up to these days? He sold MySpace to Fox for like a gazillion dollars and became a photographer. Hmm. Good on him. I thought it was Justin Timberlake that bought MySpace. Uh, Justin Timberlake bought it from Fox, 
for a significantly lower amount of money. Mm, mm, mm. And then I don't right, know well. who currently owns it. That's where my MySpace knowledge ends. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think, uh, well, that's going to be good for our uh, MySpace talk for the entirety of this, this as long as we do the show. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up every episode just because you said that. <laughs> talk about your top eight, who's in there <laughs> yes. this week. Well, we are talking about our top 10, so there you have that. Speaking right, right. of our top 10, I think we can move Jordan. on. What? You got yes. more? Jordan. What? Jordan, no. Who? What? I was going to say, I was I was going to say, we saved the best for last. We saved, I don't know about the best for last, but we saved one of our favorites for last, and that is Teenage nope, nope, Mutant nope. Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist. You thought it was an alphabetical list. No, it's actually in order. The best is last. <laughs> Well, let's hear your opinion, and then I will share mine. <clears throat> I will. Uh, I'll share my notes with you, Jordan. Uh, I'll just read them word for word. Okay. Okay. Uh, one of the greatest beat 'em ups of all time. Okay, so I have, and this is a quote: "An excellent and underrated turtles beat 'em up," which is true, but I don't know that it's the greatest beat 'em up of all time, Dan. I don't even know if it's the greatest Ninja Turtles beat 'em up game I, but I said one of the greatest Jordan one, of the, one greatest, of the greatest what does one, of, one the of the greatest even mean okay well l- allow me to elaborate on my second point okay and I quote one of the gold standards of the genre <laughs> <laughs> what okay I need you to explain to me why you believe that and then I'm gonna share something for me I love this game oh. it's a good game but I'm gonna All share right. something that makes me feel like this game isn't quite at that level Okay, okay. You want to know why it's one of the gold standards of the genre? Yes. Allow me to present point three. <laughs> uh, it's my favorite game on the console. Okay, well, <laughs> I think we have all addressed our biases now. <laughs> well, no, not quite. Point four, it's just so much fun. <laughs> That's fine. Dan, Dan really That's... likes Ninja Turtles, you guys. And he... Isn't the world's biggest Sega Genesis fan. So I think when you combine those two things, you understand where he's coming from with these interesting but potentially slightly delusional four points that he's made. <laughs> no, man, this game's fantastic. It is. It's a good beat em up game. But the fact that there are almost no environmental interactions and no, like, pickups makes this game just, ah, I don't know. That's what I like in a beat-em-up game. A beat-em-up game can get very stale if you're just walking and punching and kicking. And when you have those interactions with the environment and with different pickups and weapons and stuff, that's what makes a beat-em-up game really shine and this game of the three on our list of the three beat-em-ups, because we love beat-em-ups, and of course we're going to have three out of ten, um, this one is the one that lacks in that area the most. You're out of your mind, Jordan. Uh, this this <laughs> this game, you've got special moves, you've got running, you can do like slide attacks and like a bunch of different jump attacks. You can like stun the guys and slam them against the ground, and like you can pick up pizza, and I think there's bombs that make you like spin for a while. Bomb pizzas. Um, I think there are environmental hazards that you can like blow up. Like yeah, a, a, if you punch a, a barrel, oil can you can punch yeah. a barrel and it will explode and hurt you, but you can't like not pick if you up run a away phone from it. booth. You can't like pick up a phone booth and chuck it at a foot soldier. You can't like 
kick a fire hydrant and blast somebody with the water. You know, you can't tase an arcade machine and go back in time. Jordan, you literally can hit a fire hydrant with <laughs> and blast somebody with the water. What are you Dang talking it, about? I picked one of them. Uh, <laughs> well, you can't do those other things. I'm pretty sure. Oh, man. So you still haven't convinced me that this isn't the single greatest Genesis game of all time. Uh, I just... I looked at like a ranking of like the top 100 Genesis games on like ranker.com or something where people yeah. vote. Do you want to know where this game was rated, Dan? Severely underrated. We already said I that. I called it's it underrated, underrated. But it was it like. Is. It's super underrated. It was like number 67. Well, that's. See, here's the real problem. When you look at any of these like top Genesis games or lists videos. Here we go. They never put this game where it belongs. Which is in the top five. All right. That's that is like a more reasonable take to have than the greatest Genesis game. See, even somebody I feel like somebody there was one of these lists that I was looking at like, I don't know, three months ago and I was like texting you when I was watching this. They put uh, this game at like forty seven or something. And then like three games later they put like, I don't know, Vector Man or like some some game <laughs> that is Definitely not better than this game. And I was like, I just can't. And it just seems like a theme where this game is is just, it's not as well loved. I mean, Turtles in Time on Super Nintendo gets the respect. Yeah. I don't know why this one doesn't. Because this is basically Turtles in Time, but not as good. Uh, I don't know, man. I, that's, I genuinely I, don't. I don't know that for a fact because I haven't played Turtles in Time in like three decades. But that's what the internet says, Dan. And mm, um, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I think when we play Turtles in Time eventually for this show, yep, because it's it's coming. Oh yeah, I just don't know when. Uh, Maybe we should play Hyperstone Heist on the same day to get like a nice comparison going. We could do that. That's that is physically possible. We we probably should do that. All right. But anyways, if you don't know about Hyperstone Heist, you should play. Oh man, it's. If you don't know about Hyperstone Heist, you could go all the way back to episode one, our very first episode, and listen to us talk about it and say, wow, this sounds like a different podcast because these guys <laughs> don't say, know yeah. what they're doing. And if you've been a longtime fan, you can go and have a good laugh because we didn't know yeah. what we were doing, but it's a good time still. <laughs> uh, I think Hyperstone Heist may possibly be the most expensive worth it we've ever dropped on this show. I could be wrong about that. We also didn't know what we were doing. There's no way that 2020 Jordan says Hyperstone Heist was worst. I can't even talk. That's how that's how much <laughs> my brain scrambles thinking about spending that much money on a retro game. I want to say it was like 40 to $50 and I was like, yep, worth it. There's a 0% chance that I would spend that much money on a Sega Genesis game. Oh man! I feel like All you, right. I feel like you peer pressured me into saying worth it. You just didn't know, and then a, a couple episodes later, you were like, "Sure, I'll pay thirty dollars for NFL Blitz." Oh yeah, and then that's a fact. Progressively, we've worked our way down to every game being worth two or three dollars to you. Yep. Occasionally, when you were feeling particularly uh, saucy, you would say five dollars for a game. Listen, Dan, when we started this podcast, I didn't have a mortgage, and now I'm a real adult. In was debt. it that long ago? I'm a real adult in debt to the man. man. Yeah. Yep. It's been that long. 
So that is not quite the end of our list because we do have some honorable mentions, which we will briefly discuss. Yeah. Sorry, RPG fans. Uh, We're just... (laughs) Yeah. We forgot We're just not RPG fans. Um, We know that you, a lot of you would probably take Fantasy Star 4 because supposedly that's a fantastic game. I just don't know anything about the Fantasy Star series. So I can't put it on this list. I'm sorry. Yeah. Also, um, an RPG is a great thing to have on a desert island because it's going to eat up a ton of your time. So I feel like we may eventually regret bringing three beat-em-up games and no uh, Mm. RPGs. Mm. But I think we can address that a little bit uh, in one of our honorable mentions. Yeah. Well, the first honor, we'll do these in alphabetical order too. Okay. Um, These are all my picks. I don't think, I don't know if Jordan would agree with any of these. I got, I got, we'll see. <laughs> the first one is Bonanza Bros, which I just, I, it's a Genesis game I forgot about until literally yesterday. And when I played it, I was like, oh yeah, I like this game. I completely forgot it existed, which shows how much I really like it. But it's a, it's a fun little heist game. You're pulling heists in a casino and a mansion and you got to like, I don't know, I uh, sneak around and. I thought you made this game up. <laughs> I had never heard of this. And then I played it and I was like, I don't know. The controls weren't great. I like the idea, the heist idea, but it mm. controls like a, like an old arcade game where like the joystick is like kind of sticky and some kid like shoved a gum <laughs> in it. Like it just didn't, I don't know. Uh, the idea is cool, but I, I'll let you have this one. Yeah, if you don't know anything about it, like, so you're pulling heists in, like, a mansion, and there's, like, some security guards and stuff like that, and sometimes you can open a door and slam them against the wall, but if you get spotted by a security guard, they'll shoot at you, and there's two planes, there's, like, a, uh, you go into the background and the foreground, and it's kind of particular about where you can go to the background sometimes, so sometimes it's hard to, to hide from getting shot, and the game can be hard. I think Jordan's real problem with it is he needed to get good. But maybe, but uh, uh, you know what? Game, Bonanza Bros needs to get good because it's not coming to the desert island. Oh man, it's an honorable mention. I think it's fun. I um, <laughs> I want to spend a little more time with it, although I don't know how much more time I want to spend with it. But <laughs> I I did I did enjoy my time with it. All right, RPG fans, here you go. Here's your bone. And this isn't even mentions. really okay. So this isn't even really like an RPG fan bone. No, because. Well, I guess to me, like we say RPG, I think Fantasy Star. Okay. This is like old school RPG. Yeah, very old school. We're um, talking about Fatal Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Another game that's know... totally real and that I had heard of more than 48 <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> did you play any of this, Jordan? I did. And I thought that there was some really interesting gameplay and like the the way you do the movement. Like when you move, the enemy moves and... It also has some like roguelike aspects to it where each time you enter the dungeon, it's it's random. And so I mm-hmm. think that this game would actually provide you a lot of hours on a desert island because of those aspects, because it's very different from anything else on the list and mm-hmm. because it has those randomly generated levels. So yeah. I, I understand this as an honorable mention and I could actually see moving it up onto the top 10. Now, Jordan, have you ever played like a proper roguelike? Have you ever played the original Rogue or NetHack or anything like that? Yeah, I've played um, Enter the Gungeon and uh, <laughs> um, what's the other one I've played? Dead Cells. So I'm basically a roguelike expert. 
I can't believe we've never talked about dead cells, Jordan. I was I was creeping on your Switch profile like a month ago, and I saw that you had played Dead Cells, and I was like, how come you never talked to me? Because I love that game. So I got that game because some of my students were talking about how awesome it was, and so I got it and actually put a bunch of hours into it, but mm-hmm. it never quite grabbed me the way that Enter the Gungeon did, and the uh. controls are like the exact opposite of Gungeon, which I was playing a lot of at the time, and so I just didn't ever get into it as much as... Oh, uh, man. Entered the Gungeon. But it is a really good game, and I saw that they just put out, like, a big upgrade for it, like, with new DLC and stuff. So I may have to dive back into it. Yeah, that game is so good. I love that game so much. But anyways, so no, you've never played, like, an old-school, like, ASCII, like, you're walking around as an at-sign RPG roguelike. No, absolutely not. Why would I do that? Because that's kind of, that's what Fatal Labyrinth is, is just one of those with graphics. Okay. So uh, this game is like a roguelike. It's it's a slightly simplified roguelike. It has checkpoints. I, was, I, I haven't played it a ton. I want to play it more, especially now. Since I played it yesterday for the first time ever, I was like, this is my kind of game. Yeah. Uh, you, gotta, you got 30 floors to get through. Um, it's randomly generated. Every fifth floor, you get a checkpoint. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a good roguelike that I did not know existed on the Genesis. So it's, it's fun. You got like, uh, you got your standard like food mechanic where you gotta, you gotta eat to stay alive. Cause the wizard needs food badly. <laughs> That's, uh, yes. That's gauntlet, I think. <laughs> oh man. We, uh, that's another franchise we should get into, but, um, yeah. If you're a fan of like old school road, li- roguelikes, then check this game out. Yes. Fatal Labyrinth. It looked really cool. I'm going to have to check it out some more. Our final honorable mention couldn't be really any more different from Fatal Labyrinth. And Mm, it's a game that is also real, I guess. It's called Flicky. (laughs) Flicky. Flicky. Yeah. Did you uh, you play this one? I played it. And at first I was like, Dan, stop. What are you doing with these honorable (laughs) mentions? And then the more I played it, it's like. It kind of grabbed me. It's got that old yeah. school arcade style game that yeah. seems like really simple at first, but could take you like hours to really master it and to be able to yeah. do it fast and to go for those high scores. And it kind of reminded me of like, um, you know, like Mappy or Dig Dug or Pac-Man, like those like simple games that are that seem really simple on the surface, but take a lot of effort to master. Yeah, this game, um, it's... It's it's kind of like the original Mario Brothers in the fact like you can walk through the left side of the screen and come out on the right side of the screen. Okay, I totally misinterpreted what you were saying. You're like, this was the original Mario Brothers. I was like, Dan, do you, <laughs> do you understand how time works? Okay, I, you're saying it's similar to the original Mario Brothers, not that this was the template for Mario Brothers. No, I'm saying as far as walking to, through the walls to the other side of the screen, wrapping around. Yes. But you're like you're trying to go through these uh, different floors, and you're gathering these miniature uh, birds, and you're trying to avoid cats. And the more the birds that you can collect and get to the door at once, the higher the number of points you get. And it's just a whole it's a whole deal. It's fun. Listen, it's guys, the physics are weird. It's kind of hard, but it, it's a good game. It sounds stupid, and it looks stupid. But it was actually a, <laughs> it was actually a lot of fun, and don't write it off. If you have a chance to check out Flicky, 
you should do it. I, that doesn't even sound like a real game. <laughs> <laughs> One of these times we should just throw in a fake game and talk about it like it's so good and just see what happens. It kind of it it slightly plays a little bit like Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird mixed with Mario Brothers. Sure. <laughs> well, there you have it. That's oh, our uh, Desert Island, okay. Sega Genesis games, and honorable mentions. I hope we don't yeah. ever get trapped on a desert island. And if we do, I hope we have our 56K modem. Oh, man. All right, Jordan, moving on. What is next? All right, this is when we would typically have our trivia segment, but since we covered a bunch of games today, we're going to skip that and move on to some other things. We want to, first of all, say thank you so much to all of you who have been leaving us reviews recently. We've just seen a whole bunch of those coming in, and you guys know we've talked about it before. It just really makes us happy to know that there's people out there that are enjoying this, and when you guys share those reviews, um, we share them with each other, and it brings us a lot of joy. Here's Mm -hmm. one from Lezer789 in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. He says, or she says, I don't know, excellent lo-fi retro gaming podcast. I only discovered this about three weeks ago, and I absolutely love it. It's not as dry or technical as many of the other retro gaming podcasts, because we don't know what we're talking about. And it's all the better for it. It's full of their memories and feelings of not only gaming as it was back then, but their lives too, which for me is what retro gaming is all about. I can't recommend it highly enough. Thank you so much. That is the kind of thing that just makes our day. And we love seeing that. So if you enjoy the podcast, please go leave us a review. And it not only helps other people find the show, but it makes us happy, which is the most important thing, is bringing us joy. (laughs) That's what life is all about. The meaning of life is bringing Um, Dan and Jordan joy. No. I was thinking about this today, man, about how this these reviews where you take a few seconds of your life and you say something nice and it literally, in a way, a weird way, uh, makes the world a better place because <laughs> the the joy that I get from this literally makes me a better human. Wow. <laughs> so I can genuinely be nicer to people because of the nice things that people say. So I guess what I'm trying to say is don't underestimate the power of doing something nice for somebody because it literally is a simple way of making the world a better place. So... I just want to sincerely say thank you. Uh, it does really mean the world to me to hear like that you guys enjoy the show and to hear you guys say thank you for it because it it makes my life genuinely better. So thank you. I agree with all of the things that Dan just said, and I also thank you. All right. Uh, so now we have our bounty segment, Jordan. Our bounty segment. This is month number two. If you tuned in for the last couple episodes, you probably heard about our bounty. It's a brand new thing where we are asking a question on the show. And if you know the answer, you can send us a message and we will put you in a list of people that will eventually possibly win a prize. Last month, we were giving away $50 Nintendo eShop credit and we got Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of entries um, and a whole bunch of people who got it right. And so we took all those names, put them in a list had Siri generate a random number for us, and our winner of the $50 Nintendo eShop gift card is Puro Oso. So congratulations. I uh, We both actually kind of creeped on your page a little bit after we saw who won, <laughs> and we saw that you are saving up to buy Xenoblade, so here you go. You should be able to buy it now, and I hope you enjoy it. 
Yeah. His Twitter profile says that he's amazingly failing to save money to buy games. Please help. Uh, so here you go. We're, we're really glad we could help. And we hope you uh, enjoy your eShop code. Thank you. Uh, thank you for everybody who entered and for supporting the show. Uh, it was a lot of fun yeah. to hear what people thought. And if you missed out on winning that one, well, don't worry because the bounty hunt is not over. We are just starting over with a brand new one in June. Yeah. So this one, uh, so the first the first bounty was kind of for long time slash astute listeners, but this one's going to be a little bit easier for everybody. Um, the June bounty is going to be for a Sega Genesis Mini. Ooh. Yeah. Sega Genesis. So, yeah, right? Uh, I've been working on a Sega Genesis Mini review. Hopefully that'll be up by the time you hear this. And uh, spoilers, I, I like it. It's it's good. <laughs> and so <laughs> with the uh, the Sega Genesis celebration, Sega Genesis celebration, uh, I decided this would be a great thing to give away. So uh, to enter this bounty, all you have to do is give us, say, your top five Desert Island games. Ooh. The Sega Genesis Desert Island games, I should say. Um, and we will pick the winner on the first episode in July. Uh, entries need to be in by June 30th. And uh, on the first episode of July, we will discuss your list. Look into your games, see, uh, see what's there, and uh, talk about it. Awesome. So all you have to do to enter is send us a direct message on Twitter or Instagram where you can find us at WIOW podcast. You can also send us an email at worth it or worthless podcast at gmail.com. And we will take all those entries. You just got to send us your top five Sega Genesis Desert Island games. And we'll take all those people who entered and we will randomly generate a number, pick a winner, and you could win your own Sega Genesis mini. Mm hmm. It's great. You, uh, if you don't have one, like this is a great, this is a great little piece of hardware. So, awesome. Well, Dan, do we have anything else? Yeah. So uh, the next game, I haven't decided on the next game, Jordan, for the next episode for Sega Genesis. Oh yeah. So we are going to put up a poll on social media, Twitter and Instagram, uh, and let you guys vote on what the next game is. So. Let us know what you guys want to hear next episode when we post a poll, that poll. Yeah, we will run those polls on Twitter and Instagram, total up the the votes, and we will see what we're covering next time. And this is a first for us because we have never tried this before. <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. Uh, I'm excited to hear what people want to hear. Um, yeah, it's good. I like it. <laughs> I like it too. It, it adds a an extra layer of mystery. We've known what our last, what, what the next five episodes are like going all the way back to, I don't know, before super Metroid. And so it's mm -hmm. nice to have a little bit of mystery. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my friend, do you have anything else before we get into our music segment? I think that's going to wrap it up for me. All right, guys. Today's song is chemical plant zone by hyper potions. That's a, uh, that's something from Sonic, right? That is something from Sonic. Uh, yes. This is uh, this is a track from an album called Smooth McGroove Remixed. Ooh. So if you don't know who Smooth McGroove is, he's like this acapella YouTuber guy. He has um, beautiful, long, luscious hair. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, if you don't know him, I'll put his link in the, the show description. Um, but this is off an album called Smooth McGroove Remixed on the Game Chops label, which has a bunch of great like remix stuff. And uh, this is just a really cool 
Sonic remix that I enjoyed quite a bit. So I hope you guys enjoy it. All right. We'll see you guys next time. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Do 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 do